संजय Hello Manjula how are you doing I'm okay so you know I was reading this book and maybe I should read the back flap so that you know the listeners understand what it's about okay you know, and then we can start our conversation sure the leopard is perhaps one of the world's most beautiful creatures the spots on its body are even romantically called rosettes it is social but solitary inconspicuous but significant in numbers large but elusive and does not fit any of the pigeon holes of large cat conservation In India the leopard is a poster boy for the fight to preserve wildlife but in many countries it faces either ecological or local e- extinction a worrying phenomenon given that these cats carry out important ecosystem services that have not been fully understood yet In Leopard Diaries the Rosette in India Sanjay Gubbi who has studied and documented the leopard for nearly a decade gives us a close look at this fascinating creature from detailing its food habits to throwing new light on how the young are reared from offering suggestions on tackling leopard human conflict to imagining the future of this arresting animal this book is a 360 degree view of the leopard its ecological context its fraught relationship with the human world and how wildlife and human beings can find a way to coexist so right now this how wildlife and human beings can find a way to coexist seems to be the most difficult question you know and like you mentioned in the book every large city has you know we have the wildlife we have forests close by and there are leopards there and sometimes leopards wander into the urban areas and it's such huge news always yeah. and you yourself have grappled with a leopard i mean you're famous for that so yeah. <laughs> which you which you you know talk about in the book it's a very interesting chapter yeah. so you know, talk about uh, uh talk about this human animal uh, leopard conflict you know mm-hmm. which is so persistent yeah um here leopards are one of the most conflict prone species in this country you know if you look at the larger perspective it's uh, elephant sloth bear wild pig leopards almost very omnipresent in the entire country where um large mammal presence is there and uh, with these presence of these animals uh, comes conflict as well and uh, of these uh, we, we we actually um uh, fear the leopard the most because it's a carnivore it's a it's got four large canines and it can eat meat you know we you don't mm-hmm. you don't think of elephants as a man eating elephant you never hear this uh, term called man eating yes. elephant but you hear about man eating tigers and man eating leopards right mm-hmm. so there's a, a biophobia about this particular species inherently yes. built into our psyche you know homo sapiens mm-hmm. uh, were actually preyed by one of the earlier ancestors of leopards so okay. the fear of this large carnivores with large teeth is mm-hmm. been inbuilt through a evolutionary process into us okay it's not just about livestock being killed it's not just about um uh, the fear of just seeing this animal but this fear of this large four canines which can kill a human being but also consume meat hmm 
we have similar fear about jaws about yes. tigers but not truly about elephants though elephants kill more number of people in this country than any other wildlife species oh okay hmm yeah but for us like even um, religiously like elephants have such a space so i suppose yeah. maybe that's also it uh, though you know you've mentioned it in the book how um, we have changed our society is changing in the way it, 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 in its relationship with wildlife and yeah. how you know, we've become less tolerant yeah so talk about that see if you look at any part in the any country in the world as the as, as its economy progresses they lose out with uh, nature they compromise a mm. lot with nature and with uh, with its inhabitants mm. um so the society is geared towards developing development in courts and also towards prosperity in terms of economics Hmm. and that's when we lose out on nature so that's why if you see uh, the the threat to wildlife conservation the threat to lot of um, uh, species in this country started increasing post 2000 when this real true development uh, the 8% growth started happening hmm. Hmm. and it has multi, you know uh, increased multiple folds in the last 10 years because we have put in a lot of emphasis on uh, infrastructure development we have put in a lot of emphasis on natural resource extraction it could be hmm. mining it could be building of highways it could be um, opening up of areas for ports or for hmm. airports so many other things hmm. many of this uh, development activities are very much required for human progress i agree on that particular mm. aspect but uh, we need not do the same mistake as the western world has done mm. you know for example uk lost all its wolves in way back in the late 18th early 19th century now mm. they are saying they want to bring back wolves in, into uk at a very large cost i think they mm. were thinking of uh, some uh, 3 billion uh, pounds or something to rewild uh, uk to bring back wolves Europe uh, has started to get back some parts of Europe has started to get back wolves and uh, bears in places like Switzerland and Germany but mm. people are so intolerant about these species because because they have lost touch with the species uh, mm. for the last 100 years mm. they don't know how to live with wolves they don't know how to live with bears mm. so though bears and wolves have naturally recolonizing these areas people are completely uh, for people it's it's alien the mm. wolves and bears were there in uh, some parts of europe earlier so we don't want to have this disconnect with nature imagine a world um at uh, which we pass on where there are no tigers where there are no yeah. elephants where there are no uh, whales and butterflies it will be such a impover- impoverished world we will pass on mm. to our children and grandchildren mm. so i think we need to learn from what the west has committed mistake take the good parts from the west when they did this inter- uh, when when the industrial revolution happened and when they started to develop economy uh, economically and you take the good ones good lessons and leave out the bad lessons um, or at least improve on the bad lessons we don't want to commit the same vis- mistakes as north america and europe has done and some some parts of southeast asia has done hmm Hmm. and also in your book you know i mean mm-hmm. uh, apart from this loss that we'll have mm-hmm. uh, if we lose species you know uh, in terms of the leopard you've also mentioned how you know i didn't think about that but how leopards play play such an important role in the ecology and yeah. you know by uh, by keeping the 
smaller carnivores in in yes yeah, smaller carnivores in check so yeah. you know you brought that out in the book so talk about why leopards are so important and because they also coexist with other other species yeah. uh, including humans so talk about that why are leopards important you know because now it's come to the point where i think a lot of people think of them as pests yeah you know absolutely one is uh, the people whose lives and livelihoods get impacted by wildlife let's say a livestock grazer uh, mm-hmm. his goats or sheep gets picked up by leopard uh, by leopards and he will look at leopard as a pest of course mm-hmm. but there's a larger uh, issue as well if i if i go to a political leader a bureaucrat and tell him look we want to conserve leopards the first question they will also ask is why should we conserve them what is the utility of these animals to human beings unfortunately we always look at utility as a as a as a key aspect for uh, carrying out any kind of activity hmm. though it is not uh, the, though uh, uh, the ethical argument is that these species have lived on this planet much before us they have evolved on this planet much before homo sapiens came in so you can always have this ethical argument that they have a, a, a much larger right over this planet but that will not sell very well these days no it would we also need to bring in this aspects of what is their role in ecosystems mm-hmm. what do they how do people and humans benefit from these uh, kind of animals so that is where you know uh, understanding the species its role in an ecosystem becomes very 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 important so for example uh, uh, in areas especially the deccan plateau where leopards are found in unteam numbers where there are no other large carnivores leopards play a very critical role in keeping the the population of other medium sized carnivores like jackal like the indian fox uh, could mm-hmm. be civets medium and small carnivores population under check if these animals were not their leopards were not there those medium sized and small sized carnivores population would boom Mm. and then they would take away all the you know smaller animals and uh, fauna so that would have a huge uh, domino effect on the entire ecosystem mm. Mm. or for example the another example i could say it, uh, give you is leopards feed a lot on frugivore animals uh, like uh, animals like civets like mongoose or uh, even <coughs> hair which is a which is a, a grass eating animal so mm-hmm. when they eat these frugivorous animals you know they carry the which may be carrying the seeds of several plant and uh, tree species mm-hmm. so leopard eats these frugivorous animals their entire intestine or their body contents goes in into the stomach of a leopard and it mm-hmm. walks for several kilometers and defecates what it has eaten several kilometers away and when it defecates the seeds of these plants come out of the leopard's body mm. and it you know it immediately has manure with it you know when it defecates the the, the fecal fecal matter acts as manure mm. so then a new plant comes up so the leopard is actually dispersing a seed far away where a smaller frugivorous animal could not have done mm. so it is perhaps we don't know these are all things which we need to understand Yeah. leopards are acting as you know very important seed disperser which we don't know at all okay so there are several such arguments ecological mm-hmm. arguments we can give for species like uh, leopards hmm. and they become i found yeah. it very interesting this i mean i love dogs but the fact that you know that they keep dog population stray dog populations in check near cities and this rabies thing yeah. this uh, university of queensland i had never heard of this before and i read in your book very yeah. interesting that 
saying that they might help prevent rabies. So that's also really, I mean, it's an unexpected uh, benefit, right? Yeah, I uh, know um, animals have such large benefits to human beings. Uh, a study was conducted near Mumbai where there are leopards found in Sanjay Gandhi National Park. And they mm-hmm. found out actually leopards are helping control and saving lives of people by controlling, um, uh, you know, pie dog population. That could be the same for <coughs> several other large cities like Bengaluru, like Hyderabad, where leopards are found on the outskirts of these cities. Jaipur, for example. Mm-hmm. They may be all controlling uh, pie dog population, the stray dog population. And with that, they're actually helping human beings indirectly by co- controlling rabies, spread of rabies. Mm-hmm. So this is these are all uh, uh, indirect benefits which we understand slowly by studying these species, actually. Hmm. Yeah, because I, but these, these aspects have not been given enough play, I think. Or, you know, we don't know about them. I've never even heard of, you know, I don't know whether it's my personal feeling, but I haven't heard people push this as a reason for the, you know, for for having leopards around, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, the classic example of uh, the importance of having carnivores um, uh, is very well studied in Yellowstone National Park in the, yes. in the United mm-hmm. States, where, mm-hmm. you know, they have demonstrated how bringing back wolves, which... Uh, were locally extinct in Yellowstone National Park, uh, bringing them back into Yellowstone had a huge benefit on the ecosystem. It brought back several tree species. It brought back several bird species. It brought back weavers, beavers to the, the ecosystem. The, the water uh, in the rivers started to uh, flow better. There was better uh, flood control management. There were a lot of benefits which people have documented scientifically by uh, the, the impact of wolves coming back to Yellowstone. Though we have not done such detailed studies in a country like India, uh, it would be wonderful to demonstrate these kinds of things. But always there is no opportunity to demonstrate. We need to understand uh, and give a margin. Um, uh, the, 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 we have to take this very positively and say, okay, these animals have been in this world for a particular reason. Even if we, we may mm. not have scientific evidence, but it's mm. it becomes very important to conserve them. Yes. Yes. And, and you know, uh, the the studies that you've carried out, but some of the things in your book are really, really funny. Like how <laughs> elephants attacking camera traps. I started laughing. <laughs> I would say, <laughs> talk about that. You know, talk about the laying camera traps to catch leopards. And finding other things. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, it's always fascinating to work in the jungles, you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so we use this technique called as camera trapping to um, uh, estimate leopard numbers in an area. It can be used, the same technique is used to estimate tigers, to use estimate uh, giraffe population, so many other animals who have natural, mm-hmm. which has natural markings on their body. So mm-hmm. we have been working in Karnataka in southern India for a long time, you know, over mm-hmm. a very vast area to understand leopard population. So some areas, you know, leopards live with sloth bears. So, for example, in an area called Badravati, sloth bears would come and smash our camera traps. I don't know why. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> this small, puny, you know, 400 gram uh, camera trap, they would be whacked by the sloth bears. In, another, in other areas where... Um, uh, we have elephants. Elephants become extremely, especially some individual tuskers, are very curious oh. about um, camera traps. Though they don't <laughs> hurt them, I think they are very sensitive to the smell of this uh, external body, you know, external uh, material. 
so they would come and smash our camera traps i have a i have uh, images of one particular tusker which smashed the cameras for about 3 uh, minutes this small <laughs> camera you know 400 grams and the tusker weighs about 5000 kgs you know imagine 400 grams versus 5000 kgs and next day morning you go to the uh, go to the location to download the data and all you get is rags like you know rag dolls your camera trap has been basically pondered you know by the by the elephants yeah but actually uh, to to be very uh, fair to them uh, and also to be very fair on a on a gender uh, equation um, female elephants were much more tolerant you know they they, they show a lot more Sorry. curiosity <laughs> they come you know there's a herd of elephants stand coming and standing in front of your camera traps and the camera trap is taking the pictures then uh, you know they it almost looks like they're all discussing what to do with this you know this camera <laughs> trap or whatever this object is and suddenly <laughs> under the under the tummy of the of one of the big elephants will be a small little trunk you know the the baby will come and like mama or auntie let me also check what is this and it will poke its trunk you know through the legs of the mother and aunties and checks the camera traps and pulls out then there's a silence all the trunks are quiet and still and uh, it looks like there's a discussion happening serious discussion what shall we do what shall we do and then finally you know very quietly and slowly in a very gracious manner the result is the same you know they pull down <laughs> but there's much more democratic way of decision making unlike the tuskers who are like okay i don't like this so pull it out and smash it out so i those are all the nice things we get to see but it's always not the four legged animals you know who do does this yes. many times our camera traps are stolen by poachers or by people yeah. who think it's useful to collect these kind of electronic gadgets all part of a, oh, really? of a work on leopards yeah <laughs> yeah oh i thought it'd be poachers like you mentioned in the book why i don't know maybe some people are just kleptomaniacs they want to take anything that they see i don't know <laughs> yeah there are many times you get pictures of them sometimes you get very nice cute very cute images you know young boys of 8 year old or 7 years old coming and standing in front of the camera saluting at the camera and almost it looks like he was singing the national anthem <laughs> <laughs> so funny <laughs> in one in in one incident in in banergata national park which is close to bangalore there was a man you know there's a village close to the location where we had put up a camera trap a man in his mid 20s every day he would drive on his motorcycle in the forest roads and stop in front of the camera and make very obscene um, faces <laughs> and some days there are pictures where he would open up a 20 rupee note and you know face it to the camera and then walk away oh, why would you do this people are crazy <laughs> so camera trap just doesn't record wildlife but it also records enormous amount of very funny things and we all enjoy this very well so evenings you come back download the data it's really nice to see animals but it's very funny to see all these things happening <laughs> animals and humans behaving in wild ways <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely you know it's always a uh, this is all keeps us also going in this hot weather you know when you're walking yeah. on, in the sun for at 40 degrees but makes makes life a lot more interesting yeah 
So I I found this very interesting that you estimated that leopards in India number over twenty thousand individuals, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, recently, the government brought out an estimate of about twelve thousand, but they mm-hmm. estimated their population only in areas where tigers are found. Okay. But uh, leopards are much more widespread. They are found in smaller forest patches. They are found in rocky outcrops. Sometimes mm. in man-made habitats like maize fields, like uh, mm. uh, arcanet plantations, sugarcane fields. In all these kinds mm. of habitats, they are found. Where the okay. estimate of the government, I mean the survey of the government, was not carried out. So I think India certainly has about twenty thousand leopards, and Karnataka state alone, uh, based on our work, we estimate about two and a half thousand leopards in Karnataka. which is one of the largest uh, uh, population of leopards uh, certainly in asia i think we have the largest population of leopards but i'm sure we are one of the top uh, leopard population countries in the world because leopards are found even in all, in, the, in the continent of africa so mm-hmm. i still feel we are one of the top uh, leopard population countries okay okay so talk about this leopard occupancy survey that you did which sounds really like hard work my god when i read that section i thought oof you know it's like so much effort and painstaking effort so talk about that talk about the survey yeah wildlife biology is a lot of field work you know that is what keeps us going that is what fascinates us about uh, this particular um, uh, uh, subject um, you it's not just mm-hmm. about watching animals from driving on a safari and uh, watching the animal through a binocular or taking picture uh, pictures wildlife biology is about lot of drudgery lot of monotonous work lot of constant work under hot sun about for you know you're walking for several kilometers in a day to collect the data so we care mm-hmm. because leopard is such a widespread species you cannot always do camera trapping to understand that populations um so for example our study was carried out in an area of about 24000 square kilometers which is larger than the size of several small countries um yeah so we had to use a different technique called occupancy service which will not tell you the actual leopard numbers but it will tell you where all leopards are found and it will also tell you where leopards are found in higher numbers and where they are found in lower numbers and then you when you have collected covariates like you know indicators of why leopard numbers are higher in certain areas you can bring in a lot of management perspective conservation perspective then you can say why leopard numbers are lower in certain areas what can the uh, conservation do what can management to do uh, either to increase leopard numbers or keep their numbers stable in certain areas so this is what a, a methodology uh, we use to understand leopard distribution and their occupancy in southern karnataka i think it's one of the largest studies on uh, geographically largest studies of leopards uh, perhaps anywhere carried out anywhere in the world um mm-hmm. we walked almost more than 3000 kilometers to collect this data uh, for nearly a year every day we would mm-hmm. walk about 10 to 12 kilometers to to collect that data and it took uh, took us across uh, several places several districts in southern karnataka and um, yeah finally we had wonderful results and we published a very nice uh, scientific paper out of it and forest department has taken it very seriously mm-hmm. um, to use that data to reduce human leopard conflict so occupancy surveys is one of the you know they also use this methodology for other widespread species as well that's conservationist and ecologist sanjay gubbi author of leopard diaries the rosette in india this was a hindustan times production brought to you by hd smartcast 
HD Smartcast.